Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. Welcome to the happiest place in town. Joy of the Lord's our strength. Praise God. Good to have my friends, our neighbors. And I just want to say thanks for being an amazing neighbor. Being an amazing, all the years you lived there. And now our daughter lives there in Misty. So glad you're our neighbor, Tiana. And Misty's going to be baptized today and so thankful for that. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. We were talking yesterday, it's just like we're family, isn't it? It's amazing. We got a great preacher with us today. Evangelist Landon Gore is no stranger to the anchor. And he is, uh, uh, God has used him mightily, and uh, God has done amazing things through him. He's traveled the world preaching at a young age. God, um, the hand of the Lord's upon him. Every time I hear him preach, it's so powerful. You can tell the Lord is speaking through him. And the one thing I appreciate about him, he's not just a great preacher. He's a ton of fun. He's so much fun. And uh, I love that in a preacher. And uh, God's hand is upon him. This morning we had people receiving the Holy Ghost, being baptized. Isn't that exciting? Already. The youth revival has been so great this week, such great turnouts and young people respond to the Lord. One of the things we're blessed with here at the church is we have a lot of young people that love God. They really, they're sold out to the Lord. They've got their mind made up at a young age. Aren't you thankful for our youth? They're amazing. And uh, the Atlantic could be anywhere. He is a premier preacher among us. And I'm so glad that you've taken time to be with us. Our family loves you. We love you at the anchor. And thank you for just obey the Lord. We know God's got a word for this church and for these people. Would you welcome the evangelist from Dallas, Texas? Say man. With a gore. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the anchor church today. I was glad when they said unto me. I was glad when they said unto me, church isn't church without you. I'm glad that we get to come to the household of faith together. And I said it this morning, I'll say it again. You're privileged not just to be a part of a church, but a church family. Brother and sister is a term used quite often. And wow, it's just, a good, it's just good to be in the house of the Lord with his people on his day. And I see so many faces that I recognize from last time. And I see so many faces that I don't recognize. And that's a great thing. And I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for everybody that is here today. And how many of y'all believe that the Lord, can I say y'all in Ohio? Am I allowed to say, okay, just making sure. How many of y'all believe that the Lord is going to just do something special today? I believe it. How many of y'all are praying this morning? Asking the Lord just to do something supernatural. And uh, we already have uh, people that are going to get baptized. I have a feeling there's going to be some more that get baptized. People have already received the Spirit of God today. I have a feeling there's going to be a whole lot more. 
And uh, I'm so ecstatic for what the Lord is going to do tonight, but it's not tonight yet. It's right here, right now. And I just, uh, my faith is high, and my heart is just expectant for what the Lord is about to accomplish. And so will you allow me just to go straight to the word of the Lord? Is that all right? Can we just go to the book of Mark? Mark chapter 10, and we'll begin at verse 46. While you're going there, I want to give honor to Pastor Bowles and his family. Aren't you thankful for your shepherd, for your pastor, for your leader? God has blessed you. I said it in the, uh, the AM service, uh, the first one, and I'll say it again. God has blessed you with Christ-like leadership. Not every pastor is a Christian. Uh-oh. It's true, though. Not every pastor is a Christian. God has blessed you with a Christ-like leadership. And I'm just so grateful for the Bounds family and their whole team. Uh, Brother Cody and Sister Lauren has been so kind this week. We've had a wonderful youth revival. Hi there. We've had just such a wonderful youth revival. And it's just been a great, great week. And so many people have, uh, so many people, a part of this church family, worked so hard throughout the week. Somebody's been vacuuming the sanctuary. People are working with live stream and sound and, and the Christian school. And there's people uh, doing maintenance on the building. There's people that are coming in and praying and fasting and just so many people that are serving. I think you ought to give yourselves a hand. You're a part of a wonderful, great church family. You really are. And uh, I'm grateful that I get to be with you all and share this special day. Mark 10 and verse 46. If you're there, say amen. It's on the screen so you can cheat. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. And they, speaking of Jesus and his disciples, came to Jericho. And he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people. So it was that blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, be of good cheer. Get up, he's calling you. And so Bartimaeus, taking off his coat, casting away his garment, got up, rose, and came to Jesus. By the help of God's Spirit, I want to preach to you for the next few moments on this simple subject, the God of the overflow. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, we serve a God of the overflow. Turn to somebody else and tell them, we serve a God of the overflow. Now, I believe so much in your prayers. I want us to put down our Bible, put down our phone. I want us to close our eyes. I want us to lift up our hands. And I I want to agree with you in prayer. Can we do that right now? Every hand lifted, every eye closed. God, by the power of your word and the authority of your name, I thank you for what you are getting ready to do in this house today. God, we agree that the best gifts will be in operation. We agree that the angels of the Lord will traffic in and out of this house. We agree that you will do what only you can get credit for. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by your spirit. We don't lean upon our intellect. 
We don't lean upon what we can do. But God, we ask you to do the miraculous and the supernatural in our midst. And God, as an act of faith, we thank you even now for what you are getting ready to accomplish. We give you praise as if it is already done. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Someone shout in the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody shout in the name of Jesus. And if you believe that he heard your prayer, I want you to clap your hands as loud as you have. Come on, I want you to really clap your hands as loud as you have. Oh, sir. a few more seconds all across all the way in the back all the way in the middle those of you in the front those of you on live stream come on why don't you just praise him according to his excellent greatness for just a moment come on he's been so good to you and me he woke you up on a Sunday morning allowed breath to be in your body and brought you to his house one more time hallelujah 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 Turn to your neighbor and tell him one more time, you serve the God of the overflow. You can be seated. Our story begins with a man named Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is on the highway side begging. He is defined by two things in his world, the cup in his hand and the coat on his back. You see, it's that, it's that coat on his back that's been handed down to him. It is his identity. It allows everyone passing him by to know that he is blind. So it is with us. All of us in this room have been handed down something. Something's been placed upon our life that we did not ask for, that we did not choose. It was out of our control. And so it is. He sits held hostage by an identity that he does not want, nor did he get to choose. But he's not just defined. Are you Sister Carol? I remember you. I remember you. It's good to see you again. But Bartimaeus wasn't just defined by the coat on his back. He was defined by the cup in his hand as he awaited just anybody. Somebody, Brother Michael, just to pass by and drop a little something, allowing him to survive, allowing him to exist, Anetta, for just a few more hours, maybe another day. Somebody, anybody that would give him just, just something. And so it was, this is how he lived his life. Quite literally and figuratively, Bartimaeus was at the bottom. Anybody ever been there? Oh, it's a little quiet. Anybody ever been there? Uh, I, I know, Brother Zion, what it means to be at the bottom. Can I, just, can I just preach to a few people for a few moments? I'll get to everybody else in just a minute. But Ben, sometimes life has a way of throwing us at the bottom. The bottom's not a fun place to be. But I, I want to just submit to you, if you'll allow me, that even the bottom is a divine location. Can I preach to just some real human beings for just a few minutes? Can, can, can I ask you to take off your halo, unplug it, put it under your seat, go home and burn it? I want to preach to some real people today, all right? 
life has a way of throwing us all at the bottom. But I remember reading a story in the Bible about a, a man named Daniel. He was a man of prayer, a devout man, a man who loved God. He was faithful. And you know what his reward was? There were some men that came against him, accused him, attacked him, and, and so it was that they would arrest him and they would throw him into a deep, dark pit, a lion's den. And the Bible lets us know that he was thrown in and he hit the bottom. Nothing really spectacular, nothing really special. Until we read a few verses later and the Bible tells us that God delivers Daniel. He closes the mouth of the lions. And so it is that, that in dramatic irony, the same attackers and accusers of Daniel are thrown into that same pit of lions. But the Bible tells us, Sister Lauren, that before they ever hit the bottom, the lions devoured them, had the mastery over them, and chewed them up. Go back and read it. Pretty horrific. Can I just let you know on a Sunday morning, if you were at the bottom, God allowed you to hit the bottom? God allowed you to hit the bottom. Because the bottom is the worst place to live and dwell. But it is the best place to get back up again. Now, I, now I remember growing up with me and my buddies, me and my friends. My, we had, I had a lot of cousins. And, and, and so, so, you know, we were willing to do anything. If you could throw it, kick it, uh, as you could almost die but not die, we were going to do it. And so uh, did, did any of y'all ever have a pool growing up in the backyard? And somebody just suggested that, that after a while of just, you know, plopping into the pool, we needed something bigger, something better. And so somebody, that, that one person said, why don't, why don't we just climb the roof? And why don't we just decide to launch from the roof into the pool? You know, I made a little observation. Everybody's brave on the way up. Everybody's brave on the way up. But man, when you get to that age, something just begins to happen. It just, uh, it just, 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 just seems a little different. But I ain't no going back because the bros are watching. Ain't no going back. And there is somebody, if you don't jump, there's somebody behind you about to push you. And so it was, so it was, Eden, that I, 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 I just noticed a little something. Everybody's brave on the way up. You get a little nervous, you want to bail, but then either someone pushes you or jump, and into the air you go. And guess what? I noticed something very, this is really scientific. I need y'all to pay attention. In the middle of the air, your body is trying to subconsciously get up. But you can't get up midair. I'm blowing minds right now. I really hope the Christian school would hire me maybe. I'm trying to audition right now for science class. I realized that, that y'all probably already knew this, but I just realized you can't get up until you hit the bottom. The bottom is the worst place to live, dwell, and die. But the bottom is the best place to get up again. Can I just, I'll get to everybody in a minute. I got to remind somebody, today is a perfect day to get up again. 
today is a perfect day to dust yourself off and remind hell when I fall, I will arise. Oh, can I? So it is, so it is. You can't get up midair, but if you ever fall down and you hit rock bottom, even God is there. Deuteronomy said, the eternal God. He is the eternal God. Oh, we could stop right there. That means your God is eternal, your mistake is not. Your God is eternal, your failure is not. He was before the valley, he'll be after the valley. He was before the sickness, he'll be after the sickness. He was before the addiction, he'll be after the addiction. He was before your great grand mistake and he will still be after your mistake. Your God is eternal. Your past does not have to be eternal. Your pain does not have to be eternal. So the eternal God, the eternal God, and underneath, underneath are his everlasting arms. It does not know, it does not matter how far you fall, you are never out of reach. It does not matter how decadent the decline, it does not matter how long you have spiraled, you are never out of reach. I'll get to everybody in a minute, but I'm preaching to a few people. You are never out of reach. You don't understand. Oh, you don't understand. I don't got much. I just showed up and I, I, all I got is the grit and grime and, and the dirt and the rocks and the weeds. And all I got is, is just what I got. I'm just at the bottom. Just at the bottom, man. Can I, can I just give you a little hint? You got more than your enemy has. Oh, yeah, that's why he hates your guts. That's why he hates your ever-loving guts. Because even when you have lost, and even when you have been burglarized, and even when life has stripped everything from you, you still have more than he has. Oh, y'all want to fact check me. All right, let's do some fact checking. When you go to Revelation, you know what you find? You find that there's going to be an angel that arrests Satan, the accuser of the brethren. And what is that angel going to do? Will that angel is going to take the devil, Satan, and he is going to throw him into a pit. But it's not just any pit. Brother Nehemiah, what kind of pit is it? It's a, a what? A bottomless pit. So even at the bottom, you have... You have the ability to get up again. You have the ability to dance again. You have the ability to say, God, forgive me again. I messed up. I did this. I clicked on that. I said that. But God, I need your help one more time. You have more. You have a second chance. You have great. I need someone to wiggle their toes. You got to move your feet, wave your hand. If God ever allowed you to get up one more time, you ought to be a testimony to somebody else. You can get up today too. You can get up today. I will get up. I will arise. So tell your neighbor, 
The bottom is the best place to get up again. The bottom is the best place to get up again. Rejoice not against me, O oh, my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. But I'm glad he didn't stop there. Because the Bible says that Bartimaeus sat down. See, there, there comes a moment that you, you walk with God and, and you fall and, and you get back up again and, and you fall. And you, you dust yourself off again and, and, and then you fall. What's up, man? I just don't know if I want to keep trying. And somewhere, somehow, we say, you know, I, I don't know if it's worth it anymore. I think it might just be easier to let somebody else pray, you know, man? Let somebody else change their family cycle. Let somebody else be spiritual. Let, let somebody else fast. Let somebody else make righteous decisions. Man, I just kind of like to sit here in Chillville for a while, you know what I'm saying? But the Bible didn't stop there. So rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. When I've gotten cold and carnal, the Lord will bust up into my situation and say, I love you too much to let you give in to that. I love you too much to let you get stagnant. I love you too much to let you sit down, give up, and die there. Woo! Because there's moments when you fall and you get up, but then there's moments when you just plop down and give up. And the prophet said, there's a God for that. There's a God for that. He's not just the God of when you get up and fall and get up and fall. He's the God of when you quit. And when you sit and you cower in a corner and you isolate and you get mad and you get annoyed and you get offended and you get hurt, there's a God that will step into your scenario and say, I love you too much to let you sit here. And so it was that all of a sudden as Bartimaeus is sitting down, he's, he's acquiescing to life. He's, he's just going to forever be a beggar on the, side, on, the, on, the, on the side of the road. So what he is, all of a sudden the Bible says Jesus begins to come into Jericho and Jesus is leaving Jericho because our opportunities come and go. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but our opportunity is not. His nature is constant. Our opportunity is not. I, I, I'll get it right another time. I'll, I'll, I'll get baptized another time. I'll go to the altar another time. I'll start making right decisions another time. I trust the mercy of God. I trust the grace of God. I trust the nature of God. I don't trust my opportunities because my opportunities are fluid. I am not guaranteed another opportunity in his presence. And so it is that Jesus is on his way to Calvary. Jesus is not going to pass through this area ever again. There are multiple people with needs. There are multiple people with issues. There are multiple people that are blind. But there is one man who says, I can't see what is happening, but I just sense something is in the vicinity. I, I, I've heard the rhythm of those footsteps. I've heard the cadence of, of those footsteps. But this, this is something, somebody, somebody. 
somebody different is in town. Who is it? Who is it? Who's here? Who? Oh, don't you love it when you come into the house of God and somebody says, Jesus is going to do something today. Don't you love it when you get a handshake from an elder and they say, hey, I'm so glad you're here. I'm telling you it's going to, something's about to happen today. You know what they're doing? They're sensing. They're sensing. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I didn't just come to check in and check out of North American Christianity. I came for a New Testament demonstration. I, I came for transformation. I, I didn't just come for a few songs and a cute sermon and a nice TED talk. No, no, no. I got to have something happen. Something's got to change. Something has to take place. I don't see it, but I sense it. I sense it. I don't, I, don't, I, sense, I don't know if it's going to be in the second song, the third song, announcements. I don't know if it's going to be five minutes into Brother Landon's message. I don't know if it's going to be at altar, altar. I just sense it. I sense it. You sense it? Do you see it's, it's nearby. I don't know. I can't figure it all out. I don't, I don't know exactly who's going to get the Holy Ghost, but somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost. I, I'm looking. I, I sense that. I don't know who's all going to get healed, but somebody's about to get healed. I, I can't see. I don't have it all figured out, and, and I don't have all the details. I just sense something. Something's in the room. Hey, hey, who is it? Who is it? Uh, well, it's, uh, it's Jesus of Nazareth. Who? Jesus. You know that guy that had some really nice carpentry? He's got some really sharp uh, wood furniture on Facebook Market. He's been helping his dad for a while. Man, dude makes some nice, nice furniture. I gave him five stars, gave him a good review. Yeah, I bought, some, I bought a table from him. It's just Jesus of Nazareth, just Jesus the carpenter. He has some cool stuff. He gets quoted on Facebook sometimes. He, 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 he's real kind to the children. Just Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Well, that's not who Bartimaeus called to. He did not call out to Jesus, the son of Joseph. He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So who was really blind? There are people that could perceive in the natural, but they missed that the Messiah was in the vicinity. But there was a man who was blind to everything natural. But he saw, you can have a revelation in the dark. You can have revival in the dark. Don't you wait for everything to be perfect for you to. You can have a prayer life even in the middle of a hellish environment. You can have revival even when everybody around you says that I don't want to have anything to do with God. You better not wait for everything to brighten, for you to have a revelation, for you to have a, you better. Mm, can we just lift our hands for just a minute right now? Come on, just lift your hands for something's happening right now. Come on, don't, 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 don't wait for the darkness to be gone before you let God work in your environment, before you let God work in your mind, before you, don't you let all, don't you wait for all the darkness to be gone before you come to that altar and let God begin to reveal things to you and transform you in a new way. Woo! Oh, somebody tell your neighbor something's about to happen. I'm telling you something's about to happen. Can y'all feel it? Can you sense it? We don't have to wait until everything is perfect before God moves. We don't have to wait until everything is perfect for God to speak. God just needs somebody who will recognize who he truly is, even in their handicap, even in their dysfunction, even in their lack and their loss. And so it is.
He cries out, Jesus, thou son of... Oh, okay, I need some help. Uh, I need some haters. Can y'all be haters? I, I need y'all to help me. Hurry, hurry, help, help me. Help me, help me, help me, help me. So, Ben, uh, I need you to be Bartimaeus, okay? So, I need you to sit right here. And we didn't really practice this. Y'all get commercial break. Y'all give me a moment. Um, okay, I need you to be blind. Okay, uh, all right, yeah. Is the pulpit over here or over here? Who's Bartimaeus? Ben, you're Bartimaeus. Take these glasses off. Take these glasses off. There you go. Okay. All right. You're Bartimaeus. Now, I need you to, you got to hold this. And uh, I, need you, I need you to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David. Jesus, thou son of David. No, no, I need you to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David. Jesus, thou son of David. Now, watch what happens. Now, y'all come over here. Y'all come over here. Somebody sit right here, somebody sit right here, y'all sit over there, put your arms around them. Now, they look all nice and chill. They've been drinking Haterade. <laughs> they said, uh, hey Bart, we love you. Shut up! Bro, come on, we got Sunday night service. We got this new evangelist in town. He's come back for a second. Come on, just, just let us have a normal service. Go have our lunch. We'll come back tonight. We weren't allowed to say that growing up, so I need live stream to censor that because my beloved mother might be watching. And uh, she's going to haunt me in my dreams if I keep saying that. So the Bible says that they just said, hold your peace. But that's, that's Greek for shut up. They said, hold your peace. And so you know what he did? The Bible says that he cried all. No, I need you to. Noah. Oh, no, no, never mind. I need you to be Jesus, but you're talking in church. Uh, Jesus would never talk in church. Gio, Gio, hurry. I need you to be Jesus. Hurry. Hurry. Gio, run up here. Now, hold, hold it. Stop, stop. Now, notice Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. I'll give you a chance to come to the altar. I'll give you, I'll give you a second chance later. Just, just not right now, later. Hold, watch, watch, watch. Bartimaeus has already cried out to Jesus. But Jesus does not acknowledge him. And then there are people that oppose him. And so he cries out the more a great deal. So the first time he just said, oh, Jesus, thou son of David. Jesus, thou son of David. He just, Jesus kept on walking. Didn't do anything. But after opposition came, keep walking, Gio. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the Bible says he cried all the more a great deal. Keep walking. Now I want, you, I'm, I want you to shout Jesus as loud as you can. Jesus. Stop. That's when Jesus stood still. He called out the first time. Jesus was walking. Kept on walking. Opposition came. He cried out more. And Jesus stood still. You know what Bartimaeus realized? You can hold your peace or you can hold your miracle, but you can't hold both. You can hold your destiny or your dignity, but you can't hold both. Oh, you know what Bartimaeus said? I'm going to let go of my pride. I'm going to let go of protocol. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to get the attention of them. Jesus, 
Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He cried the more a great deal. He cried the more a great, he cried the more a great deal. There was greatness and there was more on the inside of him. It didn't come out until opposition came. God is so wonderful, he can use the devil to bring you closer to him. We look at our life and it's full of junk, it's full of trash, it's full of demonic attack, it's full of fiery darts from the devil. But God knows how to use everything to bring you closer to him. God knows how to use what was meant for evil and turn it to good. God knows how to bring the negative elements in your life. Now notice, now, um, growing, how many of y'all are good at math? Okay, don't be modest. How many of y'all good at numbers? Good with math. Growing up, I hated math because math hated me. And so for revenge, I wanted to grow up and be a math teacher. <laughs> Didn't get to do that. God called me to preach. Um, but but I, I want to have a little math class for just a moment. I, I, now notice, he gets Jesus to stand still. That's a big deal. Now, the enemy would look at your life and, and, and cause you to remember and cause you to highlight and focus upon everything that you've lost. Now, I want, I want us to count up what Bartimaeus has lost. He's lost his sight. Someone hold up that number. It's a big number. Don't forget it. He's lost his sight. Now, I want us to count up what he has left. Bartimaeus heard. He's got his ears. Bartimaeus shouted. He has his mouth. Bartimaeus has more left than he lost. And what he has left is enough to get the attention of Jesus. Oh, I got to say it again for the people in the back. Bartimaeus has lost his sight, but he has his ears left and he has his mouth left. And he uses what he has left and what he has left is enough. What you came here today with is enough to get the attention of Jesus. Contrary to the lies of condemnation and unworthiness, contrary to every lie of Satan that says you need to wait for another Sunday, another service, another revival, what you have is enough to get Jesus to stand still. If you just use your praise and your worship and your faith, no matter how bloody, beaten, bruised, that you are, no matter what you have lost, no matter what you have, it's enough, it's enough. So Jesus, I love this part, Jesus stands still and he commands, he commands Bartimaeus to come forward. And so you know what the Bible says? All of those really discouraging people now have to bring him the haters become the ushers. Oh, oh hey, hey, be, be, be of good comfort, buddy. <laughs> Jesus wants you. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, Bartimaeus gets up, and he's going to go to Jesus. And he's, he's, he's going to get to Jesus, and Jesus is going to speak a word. Watch, Jesus is going to speak a word. And Bartimaeus is going to hear the beginning of the sentence but he's going to see the mouth of the one speaking it by the end of the sentence. 
Because that's how powerful one word from Jesus is. And so it is that he's going to follow Jesus in the way. And so the beginning of his story is Bartimaeus on the side of the road. The end of the story is Bartimaeus following Jesus down the road. And so when we say you can come to this house and you never have to go back to where you came from, we mean it. When you come to church and we say you never have to be the same, we mean it. It's not hyperbole. It's not optimistic thinking. It's not pop psychology. It's not just a positive boost. It's not revival rhetoric. It's not just some cute quote. When we say Jesus can get a hold of you and you never have, I never find Bartimaeus on the side of the road again. So why do you have to go back? Why do we have to go back to where we came from? We don't ever have to be the same. I said, we don't ever have to be the same. I'm going to say it until you believe it. We don't ever have to be the same. We don't ever have to be the same. We do not have to ever be the same. Can I keep preaching just a few more minutes? Carol, can I keep on preaching a few minutes? Okay, I was, I was going to keep preaching a few more minutes anyway, but I was hoping you'd say yes. All of a sudden, watch. Can I, can I just get a little drink of water real quick? Don't y'all love awkward silence? Watch. All of a sudden, Bartimaeus is going to leave where he is. He's going to come to where Jesus is. Now notice, Jesus is standing still. But Jesus doesn't come sit with Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus has to get up and he has to get to where Jesus is. Now, I call that the friction of our faith because so many times we feel that we're so close to our miracle and so close to our breakthrough and we're in an environment where anything can happen and, 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 and we want to, we, 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 we know, we know Jesus is in the room and we want him to come sit with us. And you know what, if I'm really real, sometimes I want Jesus to come to my pity party and I want him to cry in my Starbucks with me and I want him to be a VIP in my pettiness. But Jesus will stand still. He will not always come sit with us. Oh, that's kind of harsh. Rude! Lame! But you know what I found out? If Jesus comes and sits with me in earthly places, I may not go and sit with him in heavenly places. Jesus comes to where I am and he says, Landon, get up again. Believe again. I'm going to bring you to a place of power. I'm going to bring you to a place of dominion and authority. You are royal. You are chosen. You are my beloved. You are my called out one. You got to get up from where you are and you got to come to where I am. I'm so idiot. Bartimaeus is going to get up and he's going to go to where Jesus is. But here's the deal. The Bible says, I'm almost done. Can you stay with me a few more minutes? The Bible says that he has to cast off his garment. Now I want you to do something. I, I want you to remove one hand and I want, you to, I want you to just let me take off your coat halfway and I want you to put your, your hands back on that, on that beggar's cup. Now, you've got to realize I realized something about a beggar's cup. It only holds just enough. 
Never more than enough, just enough. I can prove it. You ever had a beggar ask you for a hundred bucks? No. You ever had a beggar ask you for 500 bucks? No. You ever had a beggar ask you for a thousand? 50? No, but hey, you, you got just a little bit of change? You just got a little something? I, I don't need everything you got. I, just, I need just a little something to get me by. I was in Atlanta and I was on a scooter. Man, I was living my best life. Man, I was a little tall though, so that wind was rocking me a little bit. And man, I'm just scooting along and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I, and, and, and so I passed by this man. I, I think he was homeless. He said, hey man, hey, he said, you got any cash? I said, man, I, I don't. I was being honest, I, I don't really carry cash. And I said, man, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't. He said, you got a cash app? PayPal, Apple Pay, Venmo. I said, bruh, if you got an app, you got a smartphone. If you got a smartphone, you might be homeless, but you ain't phoneless. Uh, man, I, I think something a little shady's going on up in here. But if somebody's begging, now, don't you make fun of him because we come to the house of God and we say, oh, pastor, I don't need full transformation. I don't need full deliverance. Just give me a few pennies of power. Give me just a few dives of deliverance. Just, just give me enough where I can go home and survive just a few more hours, a few more days, and, and, and then I'll come back and I'll, I'll need something again. Then I'll come back and... And we hold on to our cute cup of limitations and this is what we let God do and this is what we let God fix and this is what we let God heal and this is what we let God forgive. And, and so then we come back to the house of God and we, and we leave and we come back 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 and we leave and we come back. But we can never get that old identity off because you can't let go of the coat until you let go of the cup. And we ask the preacher, we ask pastor, the musicians and the singers, help me take off my old identity, help me take off my old life. But it can't come off because we're holding on to the limitations that we have placed on Jesus. But David said, my cup runneth over. And I read somewhere else where out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You know what I think is about to happen today? Somebody's going to come to the altar and someone's going to come to the front and they're going to bring some limitations. Hell has lied to you. Condemnation has lied to you. Addiction has lied to you. Church hurt has lied to you. Excuses has lied to you. And you know what's going to happen? Somebody's going to come to this altar and they're going to let go of the cup. And you're not going to take it back home. You're going to take off the old identity. You're going to take off the shame. And you are going to, you're not going to serve the God of enough. You're going to serve the God of more than enough. You're not going to serve the God that barely feels your limitations. You're going to serve the God of the overflow. Stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me all across this house. Somebody just raise your hands for just a moment. Something's about to happen in this house. I said something's about to happen. I want you to lift up your voice for just a moment. Can you do that, everybody? I want you to lift up your voice for just a moment. Lift up your voice for just a moment. Lift up your voice for just a moment. Come on, God's about to do something special. God's about to be, fill people with his spirit. 
People are about to get baptized. People are about to get healed right now. Come on, lift up your voice for just a moment. If there's something flowing on the inside of you, you ought to let it flow out for just a moment. You ought to let it flow out for just a moment. Brother Nehemiah, run up here real quick. Run up here real quick. Brother Michael, run up here real quick. Hurry, hurry. Run up here real quick. I need a few more. My glasses are fogging up. Sister Lauren, can you come up here? Brother Gio, come up here. I want you to, I want you to see something. Jillian, you come up here too. I want, I want you to... I want you to grab one of these. I want you to hold one of these. Can you hold one of those? Can you hold one of these? Can you hold, can you hold one of those? Oh, she almost stole it. Now, unless you think that everybody has it together and unless you think everybody has it perfect, I want you to realize that I really came to preach to humans. And you're around people that, that have stories and you're around people that... that, that that have held on to limitations and and you know what how much how much are these uh Denver how much were these five dollars five dollars that's pretty cheap wouldn't you say but limitations are costly limitations will cost you you know what limitations sound like limitations sound like things in our past that we won't let go of I'm gonna write fear on this What's another limitation? Doubt. What's another limitation? Our past. Maybe it was drugs. Maybe it was suicide. Everybody's got limitations from their past. It had the lies of the enemy. Will, come up here and hold this. Now, I wish I could give you the mic. And I wish, I wish, oh, you know what? There's a few more. There's a few more. Beer and hold this. Depression. And on and on and on, I could list the limitations that we put on ourselves, that we allow the enemy to put on us. Coldness, carnality, pornography, lust, greed, bitterness, unforgiveness. But if I could go down the line and let you hear their testimony. You know what it sound like? If you heard his story, you know what it would sound like? If you heard his story, you know what it would sound like? As one by one, they came to the altar and things begin to shatter and things begin to break. Because your past fits in this 
your future doesn't. The depression and the fear, it can be held by your limitations, but your future is so much greater because there is a God that wants to do exceedingly and abundantly above all. Her story is different from her story, and her story is different from his story, and his different from his story, and their story is different from my story, and my story is different from your story. But there's one common denominator. We came to an altar, and we let go of some things that had defined us. We let go of some things that had crippled us. We let go of some things that bound us. And the Bible says, if everything that Jesus had done had been recorded and put in books, not even the world could contain them. So if the world couldn't contain what Jesus did do, what makes you think our limitations are going to contain what he wants to do? Anchor Church family, you've seen God do some mighty things. But everything that God is wanting to do will not fit in a beggar's cup. Out of your belly shall flow. We're coming to a day where you're not coming to this church service and you're not coming to this church building to come to a source and fill up and go back home and be emptied out. And No, we are segueing into a season, into a dimension uh, where the source lives on the inside of us, uh, out of our belly, uh, out of our home, uh, out of our out of our marriage, out of our ministry. On Monday, the well's gonna flow. On Tuesday, on Wednesday, out of your belly is gonna flow rivers and rivers and rivers and So today, if you have never been filled with the gift of God's Spirit yet, God wants to fill you. Today, if you have been filled with God's Spirit, God wants to renew you and God wants to refill. Who does God want to fill today? Everybody. Who does God want to pour out His Spirit on today? Everybody. So you know what I want to do? I want to invite you to come up as a church family with me. We're going to come to this altar together. Can we do that? Everybody, I want you to come as quick as you can. As quick as you can. As quick as you can. I want you to come. I want you to fill this altar. There's room in the middle. There's room on the side. Now, in just a moment, we're getting ready to pray. And in just a moment, we're getting ready to ask the Lord to forgive us. We're going to just, we're just going to remove all the junk. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says he's ready to forgive. The Bible said he's faithful to forgive. You know what that tells me, Noah? That tells me urgency and consistency. That tells me urgency and consistency. He's ready to forgive. That's urgency. He's faithful to forgive. That's consistency. All that is code language for God was already in the altar before you were. God's been waiting all week, all day. God's been waiting months. Some of you, he's been waiting your whole life for this moment, for this moment. So we're gonna ask the Lord to forgive us. We're gonna ask the Lord to cleanse us. And if you have never been baptized in the name of Jesus, well, in just a few moments, we're going, we're going to baptize.
some amazing people in the name that is above every name. And every sin is washed away. The old man is past. Behold, all things are become new. When you go down into that watery grave, the name of Jesus, the name of the one that died on the cross for us, that shed his blood for us is applied to our life and when we come out of that watery grave the old person remains and the newness of life emerges and we can forever walk in the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ in response not to a dogma a religion just another set of beliefs but in response to the command of scripture Baptism is not a suggestion. Every time we read about baptism, it's a command. It's not, a, it's not contrary to what somebody might say, contrary to what you or me could perhaps have thought before. It's, it's not a suggestion. It's a command. And every time somebody was baptized in the Bible, they were baptized immediately. That's how important that it is. So I don't believe in fear tactics. But I do believe in obedience. And I want to obey whatever the word of God says. And it would be a lie to tell you, to tell myself, to tell anyone. We can wait on baptism. No. We've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus now. And so it is that if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, you're going to have an opportunity. I implore you. I invite you. I beg you. Maybe you were baptized at a young age and you don't remember how it, maybe it's, it's, it's murky to remember. It's so important that you know that you know that you know that you were baptized going down in water in the name of Jesus, the Bible way, the biblical way, the scriptural way. So I want to challenge you. I want to invite you to be baptized in that name. Now, we're going to ask the Lord to forgive us right now. We're going to, we're going to pray. And in just a moment, we're going to lift up our hands. We're going to lift up our head. We're going to begin to lift up our voice. And God's spirit that's already been moving all throughout this service, God's spirit that accompanied you this morning when you got dressed, God's spirit that was with you in the car when you, when you got here, God's spirit that was with you when you walked through those back doors and you sat down and you worshiped and you responded to the message, and God's spirit that was with you all the way up until this moment, God's spirit that is still with you. In just a moment, we're going to pray and agree. And everything that's moving around you, God wants to move on the inside of you. God wants to pour out his spirit. So I got a trick question. Don't fail. Who does God want to fill with his spirit today? Everyone. Every hand ought to go up. Every hand ought to go up. God wants to fill each and every one of us with his spirit. Now there's some of you you've received this gift, you've had this experience, and you're going you're gonna to experience it again. We call it a renewing. We call it a rebaptism of His Spirit. Now, there may be some, and there is some here today that you've never had that experience yet. And you've never spoken in tongues yet. That was the story of some of those this morning. But the key word is yet. Because God wants to fill everybody. So I'm going to clue you in. I'm going to let you know what's up. In just a moment when we pray, we're going to lift up our hands as a sign of surrender. We're going to reach out to our Heavenly Father. We're going to lift up our head in faith and expectation. We're not going to let our head hang low in, in condemnation and fear and shame. We're not going to put our hands in our pockets. No. We're going to, we're going to reach out to Him. You know, our, you know our physical posture is a reflection of our spirit? 
That's why we're going to lift up our hands. We're going to lift up our head. We're, let our, we're, we're going to let our physical posture be in alignment with our expectation. And after we've asked the Lord to forgive us, we're going to begin to worship. We're going to begin to praise. We're going to begin to magnify God. We're, going to, uh, we're not going to twist his arm. We're not going to have to beg God. We're going to worship him. We're going to thank him. We're going to verbally speak to him. And I'm going to pray with you. We're, going to, we're just going to agree in the spirit. And when you hear me say the name of Jesus, we're all going to speak the name of Jesus. How about we just practice? On the count of three, I just want you to say Jesus, okay? One, two, three. Jesus. That sounds pretty good. In just a moment, we're going to shout it. And when we shout the name of Jesus, God's Spirit's going to fill your heart. It's going to overflow out of your mouth. When you, I'm just letting you know what's up. When you speak the name of Jesus, your tongue's going to want to move. It's going to want to speak sounds you don't understand. And we got a decision. We can hold it in. We can open our eyes, put our hands in the pockets, shut it all down. Deuces. I'm gone. See you later. Or we can do what everyone else is going to do. And we can just let it out. And when you let it out, that trickle is going to become a river. And it's going to be the greatest gift that you've ever received. You know what the Bible calls it? Joy unspeakable. How do you speak about something that's unspeakable? How do you describe something indescribable? You just got to get it for yourself. You just got to have it for yourself. So I want to ask a simple question. As a testimony, if you've received that experience, if you've, if you've been baptized with God's Spirit, you've spoken in tongues, I want you to raise your hand for just a moment. Now I want you to hold it up for just a moment. Two things. Some of you need to be reminded that you still have it. You got it? You need to renew it. You need to stir it up. Hell's tried to convince you that you lost it. You need to remind hell you didn't just get the Holy Ghost, you still have the Holy Ghost. But the second reason that hand is up is for everyone around you to see as a testimony. If God filled him, if God filled her, if God filled them, I know God can fill me. Everyone put your hand down. Now I'm going to ask you to do something really bold. I'm going to ask for forgiveness later. I'm not going to ask for permission. I'll just ask for forgiveness later. I'm going to ask you to do something really bold. But you're around family. You're around brothers and sisters. Most importantly, you're in the room with your heavenly father. If you're here today and you're one of the ones that God is going to feel for the first time. You say, Landon, I've never spoken in tongues. I've, I've never had this experience yet, but I want it. I want it. I want it. I've been praying. I've been seeking. I've been in Bible study. I, I, I want it. I want it today. I want to ask you to do something bold and courageous. As a sign of faith, I want you to just slip your hand at me. Can you do that? If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost yet, but you want it today, I want you to raise your hand at me. I saw a hand. Anybody else? I just want to give an invitation. I see another hand. Anybody? The hand of God's on you. Hand of God's been on you all service. He brought you today for a reason. And he's going to fulfill it. He's going to honor your faith. You're not going to wait for everything to be perfect. God's going to fill you with his spirit. You're going to walk out of here a different woman. You're going to walk in the power and the authority of Jesus. I believe that. I want you to come up here. Can you come up here? Your friend, can, anybody that came with you? I don't, I don't want to put you. Well, tell me your name. Heidi. Heidi. 
I, now I'm, I'm new here. I don't know anything. Do you come to church here? Is this your first time? Are you visiting? Third time. That's amazing. This is my second time. You got me beat. You got me beat. I'm a little jealous. Have you ever spoken in tongues before? Have you ever received the Holy Ghost? In that? Ever had that? No. It's all over you. I'm going to get it. You're going to get it today. How many of y'all agree with Heidi that she's about to receive it? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a lady of great faith, Heidi. And there's people that are watching you. There's people that you affect. There's people that influence you and that you influence. There's going to be people that come to Jesus because of Heidi's decision and Heidi's faith today. I believe that. I believe that. You know what I think would be awesome? I think it'd be awesome if everybody just took a few more steps to the front. Could you do that? We're get, I think it's time, don't you? I think the Holy Ghost is here just waiting, saying, okay, Landon, let me do work. Let me do it. I wonder if we could all just lift up our hands together. Everybody, nobody alone. Why don't you lift up your hands? Why don't you close your eyes? Let's ask the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to forgive us. Let's ask the Lord to cleanse us right now. Can we do that? in your own way, in your own words. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, cleanse me. Remove the shame. Remove the fear. Remove the condemnation. God, I don't want to live in secret sin. I don't want to live in fear. God, I don't want to live in low self-esteem. God, I want to I walk in your power and your mercy and your grace. God, I need you today, God. I cannot do this without you, God creating me a clean heart, renewing me a right spirit, God. I lay every sin, I lay every weight at your feet, God. I want to be baptized with your love and your mercy. Come on, just a few more moments. Come on, people are getting ready to receive the spirit right now. People are getting ready to be baptized right now. Come on, there's something flowing in this house. Come on, there's a ripple. Come on, there's there's a bubbling. Come on, there's, there's an old well springing forth. Come on, that's it for just a few more moments. I want you to begin to transition right now. I want you to begin to transition from forgiveness to praise, from forgiveness to worship. Come on, I love you, Jesus. I worship you, God. I praise you. Come on, that's it. Every hand lifted a little higher. Every voice raised just a little louder. Come on, you're getting ready to speak the name of Jesus. He's going to fill you with your spirit. He's going to fill your spirit with His spirit. Come on, it's getting ready to fall right now. It's getting ready to every hand lifted right now by the power of the word and the authority of the name. I lose the power of God to fall in this house. I lose the Holy Ghost to fall in you right now. I release you to begin to speak in tongues right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, let that river begin to flow. Let that river begin to flow. Let that river begin to flow. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.